here we are, 12 rows back, back for another week. We have got an absolutely massive show for you, and we've also got a special guest, so I'll get to that. Seb, how are you travelling, mate? Round one draws closer. How are you feeling? Oh, we're, what are we, two weeks out from the eve of, of round one? Isn't it funny? We've got the first, probably the most competitive Carlton-Richmond match almost since they started doing the opener, and it's not the opener this year. Yeah, I know. Uh, we've, we've got to got cool our heels the D's, the D's are unfurling their flag against the Dogs on Wednesday night football. A few ex-captains. Apparently, it's the people's flag, and so they've got their, some of the captains who helped them between, what was it, 56, 54? 64, maybe, when they last 64. won it. 64. It's a long time ago. Well yeah. before our time. Got a few captains there, you know, who sort of helped them through, like Gary Lyon, uh, Nath Jones, David Neitz. Didn't get uh, Trengrove or or his partner in crime. Oh, Grimes. Escapes me. Grimes, <laughs> yes. They haven't brought those two back to help with the flag. But uh, no, well done, Dees. You've heard it. And uh, we're, we all start again. We're all even, Tom. That's great news probably for your club and probably for mine a little bit too. But we'll get into that. I'm keen to welcome our special guest. So last time we had him on, it was well, it was a couple of years ago. We thought he might have forgotten about us, but he was super keen to get himself back on air. First We've seen returning him. guest. First exactly. returning yeah, guest. Yeah, exactly. So we'll take your hat off. Our listeners have definitely seen him because he's always camera side on draft night. It's the extraordinaire from Geelong, Liam Woodland. Welcome. Thank you, Tom. And uh, there's nothing... More I'd want to be doing on a Wednesday evening is to sit down with you two uh, mugs and talk footy. So it's good. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Beautiful. Well, we we look. Um, we'll tell our viewers. We wrote a list of questions. I thought that you wouldn't ask any. Uh, you wouldn't answer any of them. But you have said that you'll give your best crack. So there, there's one for the listeners. There. Can I give you a, a tough one early? Far away, far away, mate. Just walk us through. How did that Jeremy Cameron deal get done? Oh, jeepers. That's a long time ago now. It's a um, long time ago, but I reckon it might have been in the works probably around the last time we spoke to you, but obviously very underground at that stage. And then yeah. it obviously came out in that trade period. And the fans haven't heard from the Cats. So if, if you can jump in for us and just I'm let us know sure, a bit of the background. sure there's something out there that from... Whoever, but how it how it went down, I'm, I'm I'm going through my memory back now. But but all clubs, all eighteen clubs are are into the the Jeremy Cameron types always. Like if they they see him out of contract two years in advance, and they're into him. So and by into him, it's it's talking to their managers. It's it's um, it's yeah, showing some interest that way, and it's tracking their progress. How do they fit their list needs? So of course we're into Jeremy Cameron because he's a bloody good player. Um, and he's a country boy. We like country boys on our list. We're the only, we're the only regional team in Australia. Was that um, a selling point to him? That you A little bit, him? I think. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So Andrew Mackey and um, Stephen Wales and, the, and Scotty and the whole club, they did a great job. Um, I didn't have much to do with anything to do with it at all. But um, the guys did a great job in in selling our program to him, and selling the lifestyle. That's that's what we've got down in John. We've got we've got a bit of a lifestyle. Like compared to Melbourne, we've got the ability to actually go to the beach twenty minutes away and surf. Or for Jezza, it's hooking up the boat to his big Ford Ranger and 
chucking it in and he's out on Karaya Bay and he's out at bloody Bass Strait before he knows it, catching big fish. So That wasn't a, a little under the table, you know, Ford is your sponsor and he's driving a nice big Ford Ranger. There was no, none of that. He, he, oh, I don't know. to be quite honest, I don't know. There'd be nothing under the table, that is for sure, though. No, Carlton style, I know you don't do that down the category. For sure. We're not the, uh, we're not the saints of the early 2000s giving away free Xboxes, Xbox, Tom. Walk so. straight into that one, didn't I? <laughs> we are a club that uh, tries to keep everything clean. But it's, it was good to get Jezza. And he had a, he had a tough year last year. Um with injury, um, a really tough year. So, yeah, uh, just he just couldn't get those hamstrings going, and and uh, he, even um, when he did come back at the end of the year, he was sort of going at 60 percent rat power. So, um, I think you might see a little bit more of an improved Jeremy this year, which will help the Cats because he's a bloody good player, bloody no, good player. No, absolutely. Like, well, yeah, I mean, you, you did pay. Uh, Probably a fair price given the raps he's got it, but he's you know his ceiling is best forward in the comp, common medalist. So yeah, you, I guess you can't argue with getting him down. But uh, that, you know, that was the that was the other part of the part of it was that in the for the first time in the history of free agency in the AFL, a bid was matched um, for a restricted free agent. So um, yeah, that was that was interesting. That that. Uh, my whole year was centered around watching uh, first round draft picks, and uh, in the blink of an eye, we lost three of them. You got three out the door. <laughs> so anyway, we turned Tim Kelly, who was a second round draft pick, into three first round draft picks, pretty much, and which ended up turning into into uh, Jeremy Cameron. Which in the end, we actually did trade up on the night and have a first round pick. So who played a couple of games last year? Well, look, we can get in. We, we, we appreciate the, the Jezza talk, and there's there's a few uh, ones I want to get into that, that'll keep you honest. But yeah, keep back going. to your, uh, I guess, recruiting. For the, the fans out there that sort of have got their idea of the recruiting game, how has it actually yeah. changed since COVID? Like your ability to go and watch footy or, or do your job, basically. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you, school footy, I guess, kind of got cancelled, The uh, you know, NAB Cup or NAB Challenge or whatever they're calling it, uh, you know, is affected. How'd you go about seeing the talent? Yeah, NAB League. They, they, um, it's uh, it's been a it's been a strange two years to be honest. To 2020, 2021, we've picked um, we've picked in that time six plus um, three nine nine players in the draft, um, and for. Yeah, half of those, uh, four out of the nine, say, yeah, they, they would have played less than than 10 games in their draft year, which is incredibly um, limited amount of, of evidence. But, but um, yeah, what, we've just had to adapt on the run and, and everyone's been the same. So not many people under, know this, but um, 18 out of 18 clubs are based in Melbourne in terms of recruiting. So like your Gold Coast and your Sydney's and your GWS, they're all based in Melbourne. So 50%, traditionally 50% of the draft comes from Victoria, whether it's the NAB League or the VFL. So, yeah, it makes a bit of sense in terms of the travel and all that sort of stuff. I know West Coast have got one one full-timer over in, in Perth and I think Freo might too, but, but that's it. So... 
Um, what we've had to do is watch a heap of vision. Um, yeah, watch a watch a lot of these um, kids playing interstate on the vision. Um, we've even had to watch vision of Victorian games on the vision um, because we weren't allowed to actually go to the games. Uh, there was a couple of weekends there last year when Metro Melbourne was in lockdown and um, country or regional where I live in Geelong, which is only half an hour from your house, Seb, but we're technically regional uh, given the ring of steel that we had up. Um, there was a couple of weekends where I could go to the footy, but um, Metro-based recruiters couldn't go to the footy. So that was a bit unusual, but... Yeah, we've we've watched a lot of vision, Tom. We we I think even the the information gathering that we do, talking to the um, schools and talking to the different clubs and coaches, and it's just gone to another level. I think yeah, we've we've tried to get as much information as possible to almost make up for the lack of footy that we've seen. We, we to be totally honest, we tried to use it as a bit of a competitive advantage over the last two years, and and um, yeah, because we don't have the high picks. We've never had the high picks, not in my time and not really in the, la- in the modern era, you could call it. Um, yeah, we try to use it to our advantage and pick some players that should have been in the top 15 that we could pick in, in the 30s and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, well, that, that's probably my next question is, you know, does, does that mean, you know, these talent pools are full of sliders or, or overrated kids or is it a good time to actually have high draft picks do you think given the lack of well, you know, lack of footage or you know you're sort of going more off the off field than the on field so yeah. you know you, I mean you would be hopeful there's sliders given that you know you don't have those high picks but I mean do you reckon the draft pools are shallower as a result well short answer is I'll let you know in three or four years time <laughs> Because that that's how long it takes. But the long answer is probably it depends who who you are and who's picking. So you know, someone like um, Hawthorne or you know, even Richmond last year, but Hawthorne you know, over the last two years have had high picks. They they're probably saying, oh, you know, it's been a great time to have high picks. You know, we're getting the best players, and we don't have to do the guesswork on on the kids that are later on in the draft. Um, but then you ask us, and as I said before, we we try to use it as a competitive advantage. So I think it depends on who you who you ask. Um, the big thing that we've missed, the biggest thing we've missed, and we we put a heavy weighting on it, and I'm sure 18 other clubs do as well, 17 other clubs do as well, is the the national championships, is that the best players playing against the the other best players in Australia. So um, yeah, that's one thing that we've we've really missed, but. Um, yeah, we're sort of hoping that the blokes that we picked, if they had played in the national championships, they probably would have gone really well and um, be picked earlier. But yeah, we'll never know. So I always say this to people, and, and um, yeah, we're in the game of predictive analysis and predicting the future a little bit, but um, that's part of the fun of it too. Yeah, no, well answered, mate. I guess, yeah, it... Oh. My hat's off to you. You do have to put your necks out and actually pick someone, so you you do have to take something. But uh, yeah, I just thought, yeah, given we've we you know we're struggling to see the footage. I mean, I know probably five years ago you would have had that much footage, and you know you're talking school games, 
um, you know, games for an Oakley Chargers or my boys are Colder Ken and something like that. So, you know, you're just losing all of that. That's so much footy knowledge just gone. Yeah, so you've got to pull it from it somewhere. So I, I think it's good for the industry when they get creative. So, I mean, is there anything strange that you've had to do to sort of follow up on on some draft info or, or recruiting um, info? Oh, yeah. It, it's you got to... There's a, there's a bit of cold cold calling that goes on with with the info stuff. Like you you get on the phone and you you call schools and um, you just say, look, I'm from the John Cats. Do you mind? Do you mind giving me some giving me some good info about player X? And um, you got to sort of read between the lines a little bit if you don't have a relationship with the person that you're talking to. So it's a big part about my job is. Um, so the fun part about my job is watching footy, but the, probably the biggest part about my job is just creating with relationships with people so that when um, yeah, when you can sit down with them, buy them lunch or something, buy them a coffee, um, they can you can trust the information that they're giving you. So um, which might, um, yeah, it might, believe it or not, move a player up or down the draft board um, given the information we're getting, that we trust it, and the person that we're speaking to, we actually trust what they're saying. So, yeah, it's you do get a few weird ones. You get a few, a few, um, yeah, sort of teachers that just obviously have had enough of the kid and say, yeah, you know, they're a shocking student or something like that. And you, I always say that you just got to read between the lines a little bit, um, and you just got to take it with a bit of a grain of salt, but. But, um, yeah, the big one is the relationship factor and being able to trust the information that you get to make a good decision. I like it, mate. No, well played. Uh, I'm sure there would have been many a funny call calling. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, you would have had a, a fair spread, private school, public school, all, all yeah. of that mix. So, yeah, yeah, you've got to hear it all, I guess. You do. You do. It's, um, yeah, it is. You've got to... I try and keep my bias out of it as well and just try and just take as much information on board as possible and not give away that, you know, if I like a player or um, don't like a player, you know, try and find the right information. Just, just give me the information and we'll sort through it after that. Beautiful, mate. Seb, is your mic on? I think I've been speaking for 20 minutes, taking all the questions. So have you, have you got anything, mate? No, oh, I've, I've, I've got plenty, Tom. I'm just... Just letting you work through this. I've got uh, – I really want to hear you ask your next question on your list, Tom. Oh, okay. So I wasn't sure if we were going so my question, your for. question or, or <laughs> no, not. No, 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 <laughs> mate. You just, you just run with it. I just want to – I think you've hinted around this question probably over the best part of six months. And uh, I'll, I'll just let you go now. But you, right. you've really danced around it. I want you to look the – well, look, I'll, I'll read the question as I wrote it. It says, cat's age, why so old? But I'll give it to you in a different way. So I've been, yeah, Seb's right. I've been going the, the Cardinia dinosaurs for, for six months. I think you're in a position where you kind of, you've got such good quality in your older blokes that I guess the cats are, are locked in to playing those blokes. And it's a bit load up, have one more shot or how many, maybe one or two more shots with these old blokes get the best out of them, and then it'll be the next wave coming through. I'm sure you disagree and that you're probably trying to get a wave through while those blokes are still mm. around. But, um, yeah, my, my, look, Seb's right. I do think you've sort of, not list locked, but you are 
almost forced to play these older blokes, therefore making your list older. I mean, are these conversations going on about your age profile uh, of the list? Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. We always always talk about it, no matter if the if you blokes in the media are talking about it or we are. We don't want to be too young or too old or always in between. But but uh, no, you're 100 right. We we want to. Um, we want to win the flag and we want to win the flag every year, but we also do, we do actually have, if you're talking about a list rather than the 22 that or 23 that run out, um, it's a little bit different because there are 46 on the list and our list is actually quite young, but the team that runs out on the weekend is quite experienced. So age, I think, is just a barrier, just a word. Um, isn't it, Seb? Like, it's just a number. It's just a number. What's his name? Tom Brady. How old was he? He's forty-four <laughs> and still not officially retired. Yeah, still <laughs> play next year. He'll and, play next year. And um, Stevie's boy's pretty old, isn't he? Um, Green Bay Packer, thirty-eight. Aaron, yeah. Aaron just Aaron a number. Is. So we look. We do have. Yeah. What? Yeah, what do we have? Probably. Um, 11 blokes over the age of 30 on our list. Um, uh, yeah, and- breaking records, I think, every game. When we talk of that 22, I think the oldest teams to ever play have been the Cats teams the last two years. Right. So my next question that I've got, I'll go easy on the age thing. I'm no, probably no, not no, going to let it go keep- because I think, no, yeah, I think you're old. And that's fine. I'm old too. I'm older than you. Um, <laughs> well, who are the good kids coming through? Like who, who's coming through? It's going to put yeah, some pressure on. Yeah, that's a good on. question. There's, there, we, we do have some, we think, talented kids that we need to get into the team. Now, whether it's um, this year or whether it's round one or round 15 or, or yeah, in the finals or whenever it is, we need to start getting these kids a well, bit more consistently in the team. So Max Holmes is in your best twenty-two, isn't he? He is. Yeah, he yeah. is. Max is so Max is that first round pick that we, we traded had up in, for him. Played nine correct. games. Yeah, he did. Did he nine games? Yep. yep. Um, no, he did a good job. He's done a good job at training. Um, from my old club, the Dragons. He <laughs> is the Dragons. dragons. So talking about lack of evidence, he played one game for the Dragons, I reckon, in his whole. Uh, well, he was a Napoli bolter, career. wasn't he, in the draft class? To, like a bolter, you probably wouldn't have called him that, but to the average punter, he came out of no, nowhere in that draft. I think Richmond got bolter, Tom. I just had a heart attack because I'm looking. I've looked him up. Obviously, I'm not like I'm not that deep into your list. I just knew how many games he played and I just saw AFL player contracts and above that 432,000, but that's his um super coach price. Oh, 32,000 on super coach. Oh, AFL fantasy, but you know. Yeah, um, still. I thought oh, hang on, surely not. Um so I wanted to ask about your best 22. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty set. Right? And I'm going to yeah. I'm going to quiz you on it and then I'll, I'll, okay. I might be one of the more underprepared performers probably in the history of public speaking, but I did actually get out and speak with some of the Geelong faithful over my summer, so I do have some feedback. But looking at your back line, you've got Stuart, Blitzarves and Henry. That's solid. It's not going anywhere. It might be sort of the, probably the most versatile solid back three. Should be able to stop a few goals. You'd hope, just, you know, give a handball off blitz when you, yep. you're caught. That was lucky. 
Buse Kolajasny, and I believe this is how it's pronounced down at the Cattery, Zuthry. <laughs> is that true? Instead uh, of saying Zach Guthrie, we just say Zuthry and Guthrie. Happy, happy to roll with it. Not, not really your sharpest, but happy to roll with it. Uh, uh, that's where I've done some research. That's what Cats fans are saying to save themselves typing out the full one. Yeah. Uh, Sandline Smith. Smith, uh, yeah. I'll go Cam Guthrie. Keep me happy. Yep. Duncan. Yep. Then half forwards Selwood. I, I question on a half forward flank, but this is this is I'm just running with um let's give him a shout out. Boris three three two. Can't go wrong with a username like that, Boris. Salwood Hawkins close. Yep. Full forward line Dangerfield, Cameron Stengel. And Dangerous. your ruck line of Segler, Holmes, and Parfit. Although I don't know if Segler will be fit round one. Segler, Holmes and Parfit. Yep. Under yep, a yep. cloud, and then you. Oh, so this is someone who's done a best twenty-two. Well, right. Someone's done a best twenty-two, okay. and he's. This well, is not I'll, yours. Well, I, I, I'd struggle to name on your list off the top Claim of my head. No, no, it's Boris three three two. Yeah, because well, the unit change you got. You got. I, I'm stunned that um, Menegola is on the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Tui on the bench. I don't know mm-hmm. how that's sort of working out. Radagalia on the bench. Mm-hmm. There's a host of names because there's O'Connor, Myers, Rowan, Higgins, Simpson, yep. Stevens, PH, Stevens with a V, mm-hmm. the Coning. Yep. Like, where, how where, accurate was he, do you reckon? Obviously, you don't um, know the team for round one, but that, that's nah, sort of the squad, no, isn't it? I don't know the team from, for round one, um, and I don't pick the team, um, but yeah, I'd. I'd I'd be happy to give Sam DeConing a go in my team. He's one of these young blokes that we need to get in there, and um, whether it's round one or round three or round five, but get him in there and be part of a back six. He's a kid that's grown to be about 204 centimetres and he's pretty broad across the shoulders, and we we need him for the next 10 years to play on Max and Ben King. So, um, good luck with that. Yeah, good luck with that if, if Max and Ben stay on the park. Um, so the other, yeah, Maxie Holmes, he was in there. Uh, who else have we got? Brian Myers, was he in there? He was named on the bench. He's named on the bench. He's an interesting one because he does kick skulls, kick straight, but yeah, Quinton Narkel, was he in there? No, no, no. Yeah, so there's a couple of, yeah, a couple of, um, up for debate type, um, spots, isn't there? Well, there always is. Tommy's not yeah. giving me much because I think he's still dirty. We fleeced him on that Higgins deal. <laughs> Higgins hasn't performed like he did at North. Yeah, look, I think you've brought it up though, Sauce. It is hard because all, all those blokes in that 20 or in the 18 uh, deserve a spot. Like you, you can't knock them and their, their form's stacked up at AFL level. So it is hard. So that's what I mean. I think you have to be old. So you kind of have got your chips all out going for the flag yeah. with the old list just because, I mean, you're not going to drop like a Smith or a, or a Duncan and bring in a kid. Like, that's just not going to happen. You do, but, but you no, it, it, it's not going to happen, but it might need to happen a bit during this year. Like, it, that, you know, if you go through the older blokes, um, you know, from the, you know, Selwood and Higgins and Tui and, 
um, you know, these sort of guys, I'm just naming the, who else is over 30? I suppose Rowan would be over 30 and Duncan would be over 30. Managola would be close, I reckon. Um, yeah, there's, you've got to find a way to, to, to get these young guys in and get them games, whether it's, whether it's playing them for three weeks straight or whether it's, um, yeah, because people always talk about the cliff, We've done reasonably well without winning a flag. We've got to grand finals and plenty of prelims and all that sort of stuff. We've done reasonably well to not fall off a cliff, but we've just got to keep making sure we don't fall off a cliff, but but build our next premiership side. So, um, yeah. To parallel that a little bit across the pond, uh, the Rams just won the Super Bowl, and I think mm. off the top of my head, they don't have another first-round pick for Five yeah. years and haven't Traded had one for away, two or three. Yeah. They just keep trading them to bring players in because the value yeah. in the first round pick, especially over in the States, is I'd say there's a higher value. You can get players ready to play now, whereas mm. in our league, what, maybe 25% of the first round are ready to play and yeah. give significant time to a team over the first year. And out of that, out of that 25%, a lot of it will be made up of top 10 picks, wouldn't it? You know, top 10, 11, 12 picks, which yeah, you know, have been reasonably successful. So if we were if we were an NFL club, we'd be lauded every year for having successful seasons. Like it's so different in our game that like if if you get to a, a conference championship game in the NFL, you it's a celebrate great it. season. Yeah, yeah, you celebrate it. There's you a, a bloody, you have a party. Ticket tape parade, but we get to a grand final or a prelim, and um, yeah, the, the whole world caves in on all of us because we just want it so badly. But that's the high expectations in our game. So now nah, we've got to we've got to yeah, either find find some top ten talent somewhere, or um, trade for it, or um, yeah, just wait sure till we- some of those players have kids. Correct. Father yeah. Son. Then. Yeah, you've had some good father sons. Are you licking Correct. your lips to get your hands on a on a top ten pick as a recruiter yeah. and just I guess yeah, in your position? It'd be nice. Yeah, it'd be it'd be really nice. Um, you watch the the top ten in the draft every year and you think, Phew, it'd be nice to have bloody Archie Perkins on your list, or it'd be nice to have Jason Horn Francis on your list, or it'd be nice to have Nick Cox on your list. I don't even know if Nick Cox was a top tenner, was he? He was. He probably was. Pick nine, was. Um, pick eight or nine. Yeah, it'd be nice to have yeah, Sam Walsh and bloody Bailey Smith and all these guys. But um, yeah, do you guys look oh, back? Yeah. Like, do you keep looking forward? I guess with the picks. Like, I mean, are you like, oh, geez, in this year? This kid was available. We didn't take him. You know, oh, we we missed one there. Or do you, is yeah. it just always looking forward? No, not that no. I want to bring up. You know, previous drafts. I guess uh, in no. in my seat with the Saints hat on. But um, you know, uh, yeah, there's got to be some head scratches probably of the past. I mean, do you talk about it as a group? I talk about it informally as a group, like informally whilst watching footy together or whilst going through AFL games just informally on a Monday morning and you, you, you might turn up and, and say, geez, uh, um, you know, uh, Josh Dunkley's turned into a good player, isn't he? You know, how's he, how is he picking the 20s? Like, you know, and, or you say, oh, Zach Merritt 
he's just so good, like so consistently good and so good in the contest. You know, what, what, why didn't, you know, not, not, not specifically why didn't we pick him, but more let's learn off the next Zach Merritt and make sure we pick him at the right spot. You know, that more the ones that are outside 20 probably. Um, and, and the other way around, it's, it's the top tenors that, geez, they picked him a bit early or, um, you know, why would they have picked him over him in, when he's got this running capacity or he can mark it like he does and that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, you've got to, it's the biggest thing about recruiting, I think, is the looking back and learning from your mistakes and making sure you don't make the same mistakes again. And vice versa is we did something well, let's do something well again by getting a similar type, whether it's personality or player or, uh, yeah. Mate, um, the, the, the state. I'm loving your answers. That The media polish is really shining through, so I appreciate that first to, just to start with. But, no, look, yeah, that, that, is, that is a fair point. Um, Sauce, of, uh, have you got a, got, a, got a next one for him? Uh, what was the bigger loss? Shane Mumford in 2009 or Gary Ablett in 2010? Oh, because the reason I asked the question, question, the reason I asked the question is obviously Gaza, legend, everything else, but you went on to win the flag in 2011, mm. except mm. you've been searching for a Ruckman for a long time and you don't have to comment on current Rucks, but um, I'm sure some of them weren't your first choice in a lot of ways, but they're hard to find. You've got to Ooh, use a yeah. pick on them. They've got to sit there for three, four, five years, and then, you know, they're not the sharpest tools in the shed, and if it doesn't work it's, out, you just waste your time, and you couldn't really afford to yeah. waste time developing over that period. No, 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 true. What, what um, I wasn't working as a full-time employee at the time, but um, Gary, as a fan, was like, that was gut-wrenching. gut-wrenching. Yeah, yeah, it would have been... Yeah. Like it would have been like Tony Lockett when he left the Saints, but but you know that sort of thing. And Wayne, oh, a bit of a different circumstance for the Duck, but yeah. Um, so but, Martin Pike to Brisbane, maybe not. <laughs> Geez, he had a great career, Martin Pike. Um, but Shane Mumford, um, oh, we had a pretty good ruckman at the time, so uh, probably at the time it wasn't wasn't ideal, but we had a pretty good one. Pretty good one. for those playing at home. One of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet if you get a chance. <laughs> Not sure we will, but if you want to uh, <laughs> fling him the 12 rows back email, we, we will take uh, Brad on our next step. <laughs> he, he will come on. He's, he will actually come on for five or 6,000. No, I don't know. That's a joke. That's a joke. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. To answer your question, probably Gary. Seb, probably Gary. Interesting. It was amazing when he, a little story when he came back to the club. So I wasn't full time when he left. So I'd never met him. Um, and then when he came back to the club in 2000, and whatever it was, 18, 17, 18, oh, he just had this presence about him <laughs> and aura. And he's a terrifically lovely human being, Gaza. But I was completely and utterly shitting myself. Like it's, and I now being sort of this is my seventh year, so sort of full time at the Cats. I don't get too starstruck or anything like that anymore. But the the Gary one, yeah, that that uh, 
it was sort of butterflies in my stomach when Gary turned up and I was like, well, here he is. Uh, sounds like you're more switched on than a mate of ours that met Daniel Wells and was a nervous wreck. Uh, that's a true story. Um, that actually, speaking of Ruckman, segues into my next question, Seb. Um, Liam, were you involved at all in the infamous dinner with Todd Goldstein? I know the rumours swirl that you wined and dined him. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe that's just me picking something off real footy, but uh, he would have been a nice get as we as we speak of Ruckman. Uh, he would have been. Yeah, he would have been a really nice get. Um, they're hard to find, Ruckman, aren't they? Um, was I involved? No, I was not involved. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm sure... Adrian Millman, our chef at the time, would have cooked him up a beautiful bit of steak or something along those lines, or they would have gone out for a nice dinner, but it wasn't to be for the big fella. He's um, he's stuck with North, and North are on the right track. So I'm sure uh, I'm sure if he gets a game ahead of Kelcom and Jones, that um, Jason Horn Francis will appreciate him feeding it down his throat, won't he, Seb? Oh, yeah, don't worry about that. Uh, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. We're just, we're just biding our time. 2024 is the year of the roof. Yeah. Or three. He's on a, he's on a really, good, really good path, isn't he, David Noble? Yeah, uh, yeah, he is. He is. And I could go all day. Yeah. Lots yeah. of thoughts on us. We're, uh, we're set. We're not uh, We're not travelling in no man's land. Quite the ruse. I like the ruse. They well, picked a kid in the... Sorry, go, Tom. Well, no, I was going to say, look, that that's the end, end of my question. So you've done well. Look, let the world know you did play one's cricket back at school, so you know how to handle yourself. So a lot of, a lot of straight bat stuff, but some good strokes too. Uh, that, that's all I've got for you. So I'm happy for you to turn the tables and, and start grilling Seb and I, uh, just like our listeners uh, will do as well. 12 hours back at gmail.com or Instagram or Facebook. Hit us up. We do read all the questions we get out, so send them through. Uh, yeah, have, have at it, Liam. We've, we've grilled you. It's your turn. Uh, well, you know that I enjoy uh, I enjoy any questions, and I enjoy talking about my job because it's 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 good fun, especially when you get to watch footy. I'm I'm glad that I'm back back watching footy, but I do have some interesting. Uh, I've got some questions about your uh, elite player series, which I think I'm going to speak for the fans. So inside midfielders, Christian Petraka, that's hard to, hard to argue with. I'm just going through from the top here. In, uh, Clayton Oliver, hard to argue with. Ollie Wines, Jack Steele and Took Miller, all hard to argue with. But you, it's like, I know you've got him in the outside midfielders, but Marcus Bontempelli might be the best inside player I've ever seen in my life. You, you'd whack him as an inside. Oh, he might be the best contest player you will ever see, along with Dustin Martin and Lockie Dangerfield. And uh, Patrick Dangerfield, for that matter, is uh, brother of Lockie. Look, you, you probably could argue with it. I think, oh, what did we look at, Seb? We were looking at the, I guess, pure contested numbers. Obviously, inside midfielders act outside and outsides act in at times, but I think mm. we went with the majority. Well, we could call a spade a spade here and just go, like, we cheated. You know, some of the the, the best mids go, both go and get their own ball and run outside. Like, that's mm. sort of a general thing. Um I had to have Petrarca number one as yeah. he was the best player in that grand final and therefore he deservedly gets the rank of best player in the comp. Yeah. 
Yeah. Tom had no, to have I'm a say somewhere that. in these lists, right? And there's like, if you listen to the podcast, he tried to get Tim Membry in the forward line <laughs> seven times in the pre show and maybe once on the show. <laughs> And I just, that, like that, that isn't just, even the one I wanted to get. How Cam Wilkie didn't make it as a defender, but we'll move like we'll move on. The fives are five. So we locked it in. We did, but that, I think we sort of had Jack Steele in, and I I really wanted to get a Gold Coast Sun in somewhere just because they're like as far as sporting clubs go, they ain't got much. Well, there's two Suns in I reckon in the in the whole uh, series. I reckon um, we, the big oh, forgotten Jared man, Witts Jared Witts, got in. Yeah, yeah, and Tom Lynch. Oh, actually, has he moved? He sure has lamb. Yes, sorry. Come to North. Oh, to Richmond. Other one. Interesting one. <laughs> the interesting one out of the uh, key forwards for me was Josh Kennedy. He, uh, from nice. a terrific career, terrific career. But um, wouldn't you rather have Big Harry Mackay over Josh Kennedy, or wouldn't you rather have uh, Ben King or Max King over Josh Kennedy, or? Nick Wouldn't Larkin. you rather have? You can see from the list we did steer into the the tried and true over the potential. Mm. Mm. Well, I think if we did that list again, you'd pull Kennedy out based on the fact you think Geelong are old, Tom. West Coast are old and injured. Yeah, they are in a world of trouble. Um, they had their game down against to twenty four players or something, aren't they? They shortened the last quarter to twenty three minutes because they mm. couldn't field a side. Is that the first mercy rule we've ever seen in our game? Just called <laughs> it off. I think in one of the Oh, my, has happened in my before. Memory. Yeah, in one in of the Nabs games somewhere. Yeah, but, at um, Eddie had, I reckon it was Dogs and Hawks and Clarko stormed the bench. And anyway, I think yeah, there might have been something going on there. But no, no love. Harry for though, boy. like he can, yeah, go. Is the lack of drop punts a worry for you? I, I'm of the thinking that a goal's a goal, no matter how he kicks it. But I mean, is it a technique issue that is keeping him from being truly elite? No, I'm not arguing that he's elite, but uh, more his output in the last 12 months and his output going forward, I'd much rather have uh, bloody Aaron Norton in there, who I went to the Dogs <laughs> he, and the Bombers last week, and my God, is he a footballer. Oh, up close. But look, he was pretty stiff to miss, actually, from from memory, said we we really had his name. We I think we might have even had him at... at Four for a while, and then he just drifted out late. Do you like Norton, Seb? I do. I do. He's uh, he's just got to get his head right with his goal kicking. I don't think it's a lack of ability. It just there's something upstairs that lets himself down a little bit. But uh, a big year from the dogs. I think they're my early pick for the flag at this early stage in March. Yeah, so, I think so. Even though on the on the um, 12rowsback.weebly.com, you've got uh, Melbourne as number one in the power rankings. Yeah, well, they've, they've earned it. I spent mm. a good 12 months explaining how their coach was no good and he should be sacked. I think up That's until... Fact. And I was loving it midway through that third quarter in the grand final. I was right. He was like yeah. the dogs wrestled the momentum back, and geez, if only the dogs had a mercy rule. If that third quarter ended three minutes earlier, they might have been premiers, but it was taken away from them in a heartbeat. So I'll give the D's their credit. Ah, um, terrific. But no, the power rankings they speak for themselves. Mm. D's, Lions, a little bit of this preseason form factors into it. So 
you know, you could say that's madness because really, what does it matter? But uh, yeah, Carlton at 10, St Kilda at 12. Very generous. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, just on Brisbane, what are your thoughts on um, Fagan employing a uh, breathing coach to help him in the bigger moments? Uh, I think I think I tweeted about this and said they're yeah. cooked if they think that's going to make a difference. <laughs> uh, that's old school, Seb. I, I like it. No, uh, I think wrong, it I can like help, it. right? But if you think that's the difference between them not winning a final and winning these big finals, like you're mad. No, got all the ability. That, that, that part list. is true. If if it helps someone kick a goal straight, because that is the Lions' issue, is their shocking goal kicking, particularly in the big games. I mean, that that's my argument for that. At least calming the nerves or calming the thought process, so they can instead of kicking, you know, eleven goals, fifteen kick, fifteen, eleven, and win a final. Mm. Well, see, I'm a big fan of Fags. I love what he's done. Big fan of Brisbane. My concern with it all is. Has he, is, he, is this as far as he's going to take him? Like, is he yeah. going to get him through and, and over that hump? Because we know there's talent there. And then the flips, not the flip side, the, the extent, extent of that concern is David Noble comes from the Chris Fagan sort of mould and school. And is that going to happen to us? Mm. Will we need a new coach in a couple of years? Because I've got no doubt there's a lot of talent on that list at North Melbourne. There is. Yeah, there is. And yeah, they're building, aren't they? What a yeah, interesting Brisbane. Like they, I think Zach Bailey. Remember Zach Bailey kicked that goal after the summer to beat Brisbane. They could have been zipping four if he hadn't kicked that. Mm, they were cooked. Yeah, interesting. They scraped into the four and went out in straight sets anyway. Like you can't, you just can't start the season with three losses, can you? Like you just have to work so so hard to win those games. And then when you get to the finals, you're a bit cooked, aren't you? Yeah, that was like, was it Sydney 2017? They went zero. Like, that was record-breakingly big, but they were like zero and six or seven, and they just spent all year getting back, so they were cooked by the finals. I think the Cats actually nabbed them that year, so there's one for you, Bill. But, um, yeah. Any, Essendon yeah, did it last year. Essendon were two and six or two and eight or something, and mm. they came home like, and they snuck in with 11 wins. I couldn't believe mm. it. Mm. But, it, you know, it was all, it was a moot point. Oh, here's my tweet. If the Lions believe that breathing is going to give them a slight edge and help them win a couple of finals, they are in more trouble than we thought. Footy has played 90% above the shoulders. Jeepers. That was my thoughts at the time. Because it's just, just come on. Too far above the shoulders with the lungs there, Seb. But keeping them honest, I've, I've had a crack at doing the, the ladder, by the way, Seb. It is not We're, an easy yeah. task. I'm struggling putting mine together. I know we're meant to roll out with it. But uh, I think we've got to run with that teams week, that are, What's that? We've got to run with that next week, I think. We do. So I'm, I'm going to, mine will be right at the deadline, but it, it's tricky. Like, there, there's that many teams that have a range of probably six positions either way. And it's just about where they're all going to land. Yeah. I've got the cats on top in my early prediction. That had um, surprised most, I reckon, Seb. Yeah. Well, well, equal surprised top, Tom. Equal top with the dogs <laughs> and the D's on 16 and a half wins. Dogs and the D's. You like Frio too, don't you? No, I didn't. I have to revisit this. I, I do now, but I didn't yeah. when I put this together. Right. Um, right. I like the Bombers. And I you really do, do like the Bombers. I, well, I hate the Bombers, but I like them for this exercise. Yeah. Oh, it's exciting, isn't it? Less than two weeks. You some big games in round one already, isn't there? Like, 
<laughs> well, I've, you're talking about the good start, season on the line oh, stuff, really, for some. Dogs and dogs and D's to start. Oh, magnificent. Then, you, you know, Carlton Richmond, doesn't matter you know, if you love them or hate them, it's always a good game. And then the mighty Saners up against the Pies, who, who I don't know. Sexy scoreboards. Yeah, what what was that? Can we just go into that for a bit? Was that just a slip of the tongue when he mentioned that, or is that is that how slow the news is that that got airtime? The new scoreboards at Marvel are going to be sexy. Well, Uh, I don't. Yeah, I I doubt uh, anything that Gil says is a slip of the tongue. Tommy, he's pretty switched on. I reckon there was. uh, It gets uh, people like you and Seb in the media talking about it. So. uh, so away he goes. He's he's pretty switched on Gillen, I think. Seb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No doubt that's true. I um wasn't sure that was the place they needed to spend the money. If I'm being honest, uh, soft cap would have been nice. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, now nah, look, new new scoreboards. It uh, doesn't really change the quality of the footy. So not not high on my list of concerns. Look, to be honest, I'm just going to be interested to see what they do with it because we've all sat in those seats real close to the scoreboard and if it goes into the pocket at the wrong angle, you can't actually see the game. So I hope they've fixed up the angles. I I don't even know if an AFL stadium could handle a a board a la the Super Bowl if we'll ever see that just given the way our game works. But if, if they're getting real creative, that's what I'd like to see. The Jumbotron style. Jumbotron, yeah. It, uh, where, where um where are the Saints at, Tom? You got them in your eight? Yeah, you're working on it, trying trying to sneak them up there. There's we're in, we're in that middle group, knocking on the door. I don't like I, I look in my head. I'm like, look, if if we get our best team on the park, but nine times out of ten, I mean, how how often do you get a run like Richmond, where you get your best team out on the park every week for three years? Yeah, so the, at yeah, best, I'm wondering where we go. You know. Is the depth a bit of a worry? Probably, yeah. You know, if we if we get a couple of important players knocked out in certain parts of the ground, you know, it, you saw last year Ryder and Marshall out. We turned into a bottom six side, put them back in, and we've, you know, we've rushed it back in the uh, back half of the year. So, a lot's riding on them. Uh, I'm liking. Jay Gresham coming back. Look, I, I'm yeah, probably going to uh, temper my uh, enthusiasm to talk full Saints here, but um, yeah, we're we're I guess the the poster team for that large range. I think we could go legit anywhere from say six to twelve. So it's just about getting the right run, getting teams at the right time as well. That's probably something that goes under the radar if you're getting you know that that streak together in that cold cold part of winter and, and getting a few teams at the right time as well. Um, I've got to, I, I'm yeah, sorry, all, sorry. I've got to disagree, disagree with that. Completely disagree with that. If you're good enough, you're good enough, no matter what. If you've got enough depth, you've got enough depth, you've got a good game plan, you're going to get a good game plan. You might get stiff one or two weeks out of the year, but no, well, yeah, no, so like like last year, you know, did, did Melbourne get the pies at the... I mean, sorry, did the pies get the Ds at the right time for Buckley's last game or was that Melbourne being stiff to get the pies actually playing half-decent footy at the time? That's what I'm arguing. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, yeah, I do agree with you. You know, if, if we're not good enough to beat, you know, teams that we should be beating, then we're not as good as them and we will... You know, your ladder and your percentage does reflect where you're at, so... 
you know, last year we might have been 10th, but the percentage wasn't great. So we're coming from a lower base. So there's there's plenty of work to do. I'm not going to lie, but look, I agree with you. I'm happy to talk about the Saints every week and, and give give our fans an update. What about the Swans, your other, your other uh, great love and your mum's team? Isaac yeah. Heaney just signed a deal to Isaac, 2028. Jeez, that's long. Now, look, looking real good, the Swans. It, it, yeah, the, the query is, and I'm not sure if you have an opinion on this, but, you know, can the kids go again? Is it another year of, of you know, pre-season under the belt and, and feeling good, or is it the comp will work them out and get on top a little bit or just work out how they've sort of played? I know. Can I um, ask a question, Tom? Can I just? So the query on the Swans is, can the kids go again? And the query on the cats is, can the old blokes go again? Yeah, correct. So Two different sides of the coin, Seb. Where, like, what's the right list profile? Do they all have to be 26? Oh, we'll have a look at the dogs and Ds. They've got a nice mix of the old and young. So just mix it with, with both. Get good quality veterans and good quality kids coming into their prime. And I think that's your ideal well, list. High so <laughs> that probably no, helps. No question marks on those teams. Well, they'll probably be up in the top echelon of my, uh, you know, of my list. I mean, if take the ruse as, as an example, you've got lots of good kids, but wouldn't you love to have, you know, say Cunnington, Zebel, Goldstein, maybe five years younger coming into just, their thirties? Just Cunnington. Well, just Cunnington. Then you know what I mean. You like that? That's Bill. You you can answer that. I mean, that isn't that your ideal list profile? Good quality veterans and good young kids <sighs> coming into their prime. Like, what's the Whoa. what's the ideal list? Yeah. Oh, ideal list is list with the most talent. And the way you get the most talent is by getting a lot of good top 10 picks through the door, through the draft and trade and free agency and be smart with your trades and um, get lucky a bit with your academy and uh, father sons and stay healthy. But yeah, yeah, you can't be, you certainly can't be too old. Um, you if you're too young, you just won't win. We've seen that even, it doesn't matter how talented you are. Um, we've seen that with the GWS and the Gold Coast in their infancy. doesn't matter how many talented players. It's just such a hard game physically. Like, it's the hardest game in the world, I reckon. Like, we ask our players to do so much. It's, it's you just got to go through the pre-season, six, four, three, four, five, six, seven pre-seasons, get the run on, runs under the belt. Like, it's such a hard game to play. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, um, nah, 22 players between the age of 20 and 28, that's probably the ideal list, isn't it? As long as they're all top picks or yeah, well, well, picks in the draft. And The age thing I've always found interesting because my understanding was your physical prime, 28 to 32. Mm. Whereas we, once you hit 30 in this league, yep, now nah, move him on. Let's get someone else in. Let's find a kid. And I think some teams are falling in love with the idea of a draft pick over a guy who might still have three years left. Like, there's a bit yeah. of value in that. Yeah, there um, is, definitely. It, and it, it's a little bit positional too, isn't it? I suppose it's... it's um, it is. Yeah. I mean, I always maintain we should never have got rid of Boomer Harvey because he wasn't holding anyone out and you can play... Mid forward, you can sort of have about seven or eight in your side. So if one's not good enough to make that, keep him out. But I want to just ask, I think I meant to ask this earlier, but I was distracted by Tom's hardline questioning and 
these compliments of your from- answers. Um, there's all this talk about Tassie coming in, right? And, and Clarko sort of pushing that ship. And if I'm not going to ask whether you do or don't know anything about that, that'll that'll play out. Gill's tight lip, so that's fine. Um, from a recruitment point of view, we are just now starting to see yeah. what maybe three or four drafts, if that, that have been uncompromised. And they're still compromised given what the dogs have taken one academy, one father, son. The Pies have got a father and son. North got an academy pick in Taron Thomas. Yeah. We're going to put Tassie in, and I think the I think we the, the big question for the clubs and my understanding is you got to have a seventy five percent majority to get through, which is thirteen and a half. So call it fourteen clubs. The concern will be financially backing this club, which I think the state government down there is going to do a job on. Um, and you've seen like North have been able to benefit from it, Hawthorne mm. benefit from Hawthorne. it. St Kilda did, and then. I don't know. You moved the whole club to Seaford and that set you back 48 years. Um, but I, I think financially that club will be able to sustain itself. But then the next question is, well, what players are they going to get? Mm. Like as a North fan, they come in in four or five years. I think we're going to have talent. Taron Thomas will be 26, yeah. right in the right age bracket to go and poach. Mm. Like is that a... Well, you, uh, yeah. it's a great question. Great question because... Because we didn't, as an industry, didn't do it right with the Gold Coast and the GWS. Like with the whole industry in terms of the compromisation. So the draft in our game is the biggest equalisation measure that we've got. Like it's it's the yeah, the salary cap and the draft is the biggest are the biggest equalisation measures we've got. Now people could say the soft cap now, but there's clubs that just pay over the soft cap and all that sort of stuff. And, um, so yeah, we didn't do it right in terms of GWS, Gold Coast. It created problems with the list, problems with the, the amount of money you had to pay these top players and you had to sign them up on contracts early for longer periods to get them to stay, et cetera, et cetera, which created dra- uh, trades um, for every club has been involved in a trade with GWS or Gold Coast multiple on multiple occasions multiple clubs on multiple occasions, and it's affected the industry for 15 years. So we're seeing it a little bit in the AFLW net um, from this year going forward. There's going to be four new teams next year in the AFLW, which um, it's going to dilute the talent pool, and there is some unbelievable talent coming through at the 16, 17-, 18-year-old girls playing footy. But what it will do is it'll give Hawthorne and Essendon the chance to go and raid the Cats and the Saints and um, Richmond and Carlton and Western Bulldogs, Melbourne, all these guys, raid their best players. The AFL are encouraging them to go and raid their best players to build their list. So, which again, compromises the draft because you get compensation picks and and um, having to trade for picks, different picks. So it spreads the talent pool for a new team to come in in Tasmania. I don't have the answer right now of there definitely should be 10 extra concessions in the draft in the first year and 12 the next year. I think the biggest thing for them is they need to get their state league footy right and they need to get their under 18 program right before anything. We had one player drafted out of Tasmania last year, maybe two, Sam Banks and maybe one other. Um, yeah, it's just not enough. Like the, the talent's just not coming through. So 
hey, if the talent's still not coming through by the time the AFL give them a team, and it will happen, I'm I'm certain of it. I've got no inside information or anything, but it'll happen. Where there's where there's enough smoke, there's fire. So yeah, they've got to get it right in terms of what does the list build look like? What can you do? What are your restrictions? So when the GWS, what they did was they they had a GWS mini draft, and what they were able to do was um, pick the two best 17-year-old players in the country or trade them away for what they should have done was um, allowed them to trade these picks for players, not for other picks. Like what they ended up doing was they traded their best 17-year-olds, which ended up being Jack Martin and Jesse Hogan, for other picks, so for two first-round picks or, you know, three first-round picks or two first-round in the second round, whatever it was. What they should have made them do is trade these best 17-year-olds for established players. So um, I think um, Jesse Hogan was to Melbourne. Maybe they have to have traded for Jack Watts at the time or whatever it was, you know. I don't have the specific answer right now but you're spot on said we need to get it right or else it'll affect the industry for years and it'll just be so hard for clubs to come off up off the bottom again yeah that's what killed it from 2010 to 20 what 15 16 it was no one really rose up hawthorne sat at the top sydney sat at the top the cats floated around there and it was like it was tough and it's just not talked about because oh. people wanted to talk about when all the Giants, what was it, KB came out and said the Giants were going to go undefeated because of their oh. talent. And on talent, yes, it was a video game ratings, yes, but we live in the real world. Footy's played above the shoulders and yeah. they've, um, they've obviously done a much better job of it, the, the Giants and the Suns, but, um, yeah, it's great to talk about having a Tasmanian team and I'm, I'm starting to get big on a Northern Territory team and get 20 in and yeah. do that. But I've, I've sort of taken a step back and worked out it's going to it's gonna hit some of the clubs at the bottom and then the AFL likes to equalise and prop money up and do this and do that and stuff around for years and, you know, like it, it's got it's to make sense for everyone. Yeah, it does. It does. Don't envy the decision makers there. I'll do it. Mm. Don't know if I'll get it right, but I'll do it. No, I have no doubt you'll do that, Seb. Can I throw one on the counter side of that one just as, as one last one? We talk about the talent pool, but there are actually more Australians now than there was 10, 15, 20 years ago in the country. So... You know, population-wise, yeah, we might have had 16 teams in 2005, but we're pulling from, you know, there's, there's a couple more million people in the country now. I don't know the age demographics, but, you know, that, that argument, I think if, yeah, like what you said, Woody, if you can build the grassroots and if we can build grassroots in Queensland and New South Wales, then I think there will be more than enough talent. So it really starts at that grassroots level where we, uh, you know, bought up our footy chops, playing that local footy, some of us better than others. Uh, it's really that grass, grassroots level. So I, I think no that doubt. needs to be considered in all of it. No doubt. No doubt. It's, it's um, Don't get me wrong. I, I, got, I went down to Tassie um, last weekend and they had a testing day for their NAB League side and um, they run a great program down there and, and out of 
out of COVID, they've they've sort of reshaped their program. Um, and and but it does take years to to um, yeah, get the talent in, making sure you're getting all the best athletic talent in the state, i.e., not losing players to basketball, not losing players to soccer, uh, making sure we've got the best players always playing footy. So yeah, that, I think the carrot, if the carrot's there to play AFL footy. Um, it will flow down um, through the through the uh, yeah, junior ranks, but yeah, you've got to get it right from the grassroots. It's spot on, Tom. I agree with that. Beautiful. Well, we've we've gone well over an hour. Another strong summer special. We did say, Seb, we'd try and keep them half an hour, but when you've got a guest, we've got to go long. But now, I appreciate you coming in, mate. As always, Thanks, it's uh, an insightful take uh, and an honest take, and. Uh, we hope you come back. Make it. Uh, oh, well, yeah. We're happy yeah. to have you in that three to four years when these draft picks have turned into something. We can quiz you then. We'll still be on air. Don't worry about. I'm glad to get him on the phone then, Tom. Yeah. I'm <laughs> blown more up. than more than happy to come on any time. Get me get me on during the season. We can discuss in season. It'd be it'd be nice, boys. I, I always enjoy the chat. We'll have to look at maybe a, a mid season draft type yep. uh, grilling. Who are the cats going to take? What are you going to do? I'm sure there'll be plans around it. Uh, no, no, thank you for coming on. Uh, we will get you your official 12 Rose back shirt and stubby holder. That's coming. That's a, uh, a gift for being a guest. So I do love a stubby holder and I'm more than happy to pay. I know there's been some rumblings about people not pulling their weight on the 12 Rose back team, so I'm more than happy to pay my way. <laughs> Uh, that, that's what we like. You would have seen on the socials, there's key rings as well. So there's some great work going on behind the scenes. As we said, Seb, the, fir- the first 10 that uh, put in a shirt order get one of those key rings. So, key ring uh, or stubby holder. I've got the key rings here. They're available now. Stubby holders are coming. And you're still uh, wearing that polo. Third week straight representing the polo. I've, I've got, got to get three my or four in. of them now. I think I'm off. Um, I've got the black and white, but I'm actually um, all my polos. All my shirts are getting this logo treatment. So I'm going to have a pink. I'm going to have a dark blue, a light blue. They just, I'm just going to have them all. Uh, just, you know, I like, I like repping the brand. You know, you like wearing your footy colours at the game, Tom? Oh, absolutely. You still no, wear a footy I'll... jumper to the game? No, no, I've stopped that. I'm a, I'm a scarf man these days, but, it, but I was probably too old when I stopped doing it anyway. So well, I reckon it was only three years ago. You were one of those shirt, footy jumper, no shirt, no jumper style. You know, get the arms out. Oh, look, I can tell you in probably 2011 I was still doing it, but I think I cut back after that. We used to go out after, so we, you couldn't wear a footy jumper out if you're going out after a game, so that probably helped me cut back. It did, it did. All right, let's 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 wrap it up. Thank you so much Good for coming boys. on, Liam. Appreciate your time. And uh, we have we have a first round of uh, JLT games, well, first and last round, so bit more official, a bit better than the rubbish broadcast KO was giving us last week. So it'll be good to watch the boys run out. They'll be doing it. Beautiful. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>